0: I was watching Floyd Mayweather like uh, acceptance speech, mm-hmm. and I thought about it. Like I'm, I'm so big on this new media shit. I'm like, whoa, Vlad said this, like, uh, <laughs> Hall of Fame induction speech. You're not one for people giving you credit, even though I, I think I've tried to go out of my way to let people know and give you the credit that you deserve. Because while I think you care about, you know, finances and and these are the things that are actual credit yeah. over people just saying, oh, you're the guy, I think it's important to recognize people who have paved the way.
1: Yeah, but I feel like, are we recording
0: now? Of yeah. course, we're recording. And by the way, hey, yeah. listen, I don't do intros read, that's the thing. Hey, listen, <laughs> uh, welcome to another episode <laughs> of Off the Record. I am here with the legend himself, okay, someone who, when I was trying to figure this whole thing out, and by the way, you guys should consider this a gem. Think about this. This is a lineage if you want to say it, right? You're probably watching. You might be in this position at some point. You might be interviewing me or you might be interviewing him. I remember sitting at home watching Vlad and he never, he re, first of all, rarely showed his face, but he rarely even talked that much like off his platform. And he was just talking about how he made it. And I, I've said this before, you know, watching a few of his interviews because I was looking at his platform saying, how do I build that? And he gave some invaluable insight that to be honest you know some people say the game is to be sold and not told but you gave it up so honestly and i applied it and a lot of things that you applied helped me get to where i am and i was very fortunate that you weren't a fucked up person in in a sense of you never pushed anybody who were pushed anybody away who were who was new to this like the, this arena you yeah. only helped him. yeah and ever since then i've almost looked at you as like this this is where new media starts and i'm sorry if i if anyone else feels disrespected but i'm, I'm sorry like i just only got to tell the truth so vlad is our guest today dj vlad from vlad tv the fucking legend thank you for having me man. um i believe this is this is our third on camera conversation yep the fourth one is probably gonna happen soon on your platform. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the relationship we have. Yeah, likewise. I I, I don't think we see each other as competition. Mm-mm. I think there's a bunch of, you know, we share information mm-hmm. and when we're calling each other, if we're asking questions, it's very constructive. Um, I'll start it off
1: like this. How has business been? Business has been great. Business has been great, growing every year, consistently. Um, you know, we just passed five million uh subscribers on mm. YouTube. Congrats. Uh, speak a, a little bit closer ago. to the mic. Yeah, Uh, you know, we passed uh five million subscribers on YouTube. Uh our Facebook has been doing really well. You know, I mean Facebook now has a video strategy. Mm, they, yep. they, they seem it seems like it's solidified now before like Facebook used to go down and up, and you know what I'm saying? Now it seems like they're solidified. Uh our our membership is is popping. Uh, Last month, we had our biggest membership increase ever since we started uh, March of last year. Um, You know, the website is doing solid. You know, I think we're up to like 16 or 17 employees now. Jeez. Um, Yeah, man. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's solidifying. You know, I mean, now we have podcasts as well. You know, uh, Ari Spears uh, and this guy Gerard has a podcast. Rico Reckless and Ewell Samo Sammo has a podcast. That's a good one. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, like we're, we're, we're now... It's
0: still scaling up.
1: Yeah, yeah. A lot of other outside interviews are doing well. People like Sean Prez, Shirley Jew, Coach PR, they're coming in and really doing their thing and, and getting, getting numbers and getting really strong guests like on their own. You know what I mean? I'll tell you what I like about...
0: And by the way, when people like... I think I'm consistent just among all platforms when I speak about really anyone, but definitely you. Um, I'm not just saying this to like, you know, like just a dick ride or whatever the case is. I'm saying this because I, I honestly feel you have a really good grasp of what this new media space is. And these conversations, at least especially for, I'll tell you what this goal is for this particular interview. I like to forecast what's ahead because you've been the guy, you know, like, Going back to memberships, last year you said memberships, and I remember people like they're, they're, I remember watching fans. Like I'm so I'm still at the point I'm scared to to tell the subscriber like, hey, you have to pay money because because most uh, there's an entitlement with the internet era where like mm-hmm. yeah, we're paying you our attention, <laughs> and when I seen you do that, it reminded me of the of of why you have been the person to progress with content and to be progressive. Why did you do that then?
1: And um, just like, what's the what's the goal? Well, I mean, when you look at people's feedback, and you have to take feedback, you know, in comments with a grain of salt, because the people that feel the most strongly about a subject are the ones that are going to comment. It yep. doesn't mean that's the majority. It just means the people with the most intense opinion are going to say something. Um, but the thing that i kept hearing over and over again was like yo like give me the full interview give me the full interview like yo uh, you're killing me with these clips give me the full interview yeah and and when i thought about it i'm like all right I I think what I'd gone through around that time was uh, Jordan's The Last Dance was out, Mm. right? Okay. And it was already announced that Netflix was going to pick it up, but it was going to be like three months later they're going to pick it up if you wanted to watch it now you had to have the ESPN app and, and spend, you know, some money and so forth. And I'm like, you know something I really want to watch this. This is this is dope. I don't want to, you know, I want to talk to my guests about it, you know, there's a business aspect to it, but I really want to see this. So let me just go ahead and buy this app. And then whatever, you know, like keep it for as long as I want it. But w- with that purchase I got to watch something early that I really wanted to see. And that just gave me the idea of like, you know, I wonder if people are going to want to see our interviews early. You know, like, so, like, on the first day, the idea was, like, on the first day, you release the full interview to the members, as well as the first clip publicly. Netflix does that strategy. By the way, it's interesting that you even thought that, because I think we treat
0: hip-hop, the hip-hop audience, kind of like, like, almost like, you know, they're a little bit behind. For example, there's a ton of, like, when you think about country, like, you know, Mm -hmm. just a genre, right? Country music, they're still thriving on physical sales. While in hip hop, we almost say, "Hey, we know you're not going to buy it, just stream it." Mm-hmm. We pretty much do everything to get around people actually having to take out a credit card. And maybe it's because like sometimes the people who are interested in the content, they're from, you know, households, they might be kids or they, they don't have a credit card or they don't have means to purchase it or they might just not have that much disposable income. So hip hop is turned into the place where you need to make it easier for those people to consume that you can get paid because if you just outright
1: ask for you know, um, them to pay, you might not get shit. Well, it also depends on how you roll it out, right? If we suddenly said, listen, everything we do is behind a paywall. Like literally you can't get no Vlad TV content unless mm. you pay. Then that would be more of a hard pill to swallow. But what we said was for everyone who's been watching Vlad TV clips and are waiting to get the the full interview at the end. Nothing's changed. But if you want to skip the line and, and, and there's an interview you really want to watch right now in its entirety, and you watch it ad free because you know the the YouTube uh, membership thing is an ad free platform since you're paying for it, you can watch it right now. And, and what we found is, yeah, I mean, people talk shit, but from the jump, thousands of people started to sign up. Really? Yeah. Yeah, from the first month. Like, and then every month it grew and it grew and it grew and it grew. Like I said, last month when we had like just an all-star cast, we had Tony Ayo, Gilbert Arenas, Simon Schumper, Boosie, uh um, FaZe on Love. Like, you know, like we had this really strong lineup of people. And what we started to see is that you could do all the marketing you want, but it's really that interview that people want to watch, which are gonna get people to become a member. Like people are just Right then, yo. Know, I just, I don't want to wait a month for this Tony Ayo interview. I want to watch it right now. Fuck it, five bucks. You got it. <laughs> you know? I know you're not being the credit, but I I want to ask you about, do you
0: think that's the skill of you being a good interviewer or you being a good, um, I don't know, GM? I'm using it like a basketball General term. General manager. General manager in terms of picking people who would be great for content, because one of the things, and I think when people were probably forecasting your your outlet years ago, they were they were probably going to say, "Well, he gets a lot of bad rap from certain popular people, so popular other popular people won't go on." So it's sometimes you get these guys who aren't that popular or they're in the twilight of their career, and you've turned that into, "Oh, you a listers is fine, stay away." We're getting more out of a Boosie, yeah. we're getting more out of a Kirtland Franken. Frank, TK, no, TK, <laughs> yeah, yeah. TK Kirkland more than we could get out of like yeah because you know what yeah. these are guys who we've made their opinions we've curtailed the content where they're super relevant they're super on it and we're moving it day by day where <laughs> do you think that where do you think your skill lies with that is it just use an in interview or are you
1: just kind of picking the cast I mean I mean, it's, it's a little of both but at the end of the day, a good interview is a good interview, and a mediocre interview is a mediocre interview. You know, what I mean, you could put as much whipped cream on it or whatever, but you know, when, when you look at the the long term implications of certain interviews, you know, I, I don't just sit there and, and do an interview off the cuff. You know, like you know, me and um, Tim Westwood had this conversation when I, when I interviewed him in the UK, and he he likes to just vibe with people and just go off the cuff. I spend a lot of research. You know, like I I spent a lot of time and like I'll I'll go off and really lay out a a really serious blueprint of how I want this interview to be laid out and try to really find some nooks and crannies and and things that maybe weren't discussed or things that are sort of related in ways that are just non-obvious. Like, you know, a lot of people will interview an artist and talk about their hit singles, but what about the songs they were featured on? what what you know what about the songs that they were involved with in other ways and and so forth you, you know i i know that to be true so um adam's in here 2 days ago
0: and homie? um w- the conversation we had he was like yo it's like yo i remember talking to vlad before you did uh uh you, you did your first vlad tv like you know thing and 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 he was like super excited about it i thought it was going to be just crazy explosive and and i said to him i said I ain't gonna lie, I walked into the, there. I'm like, Vlad's my guy. I'm coming to give it up. But I noticed how that was. And I was like, this is the first time I'm on Vlad TV. Granted, we know each other a good amount. Mm-hmm. Granted, people know me on my platforms. Granted, people. But what you did was that first interview, it was more about laying the blueprint of what academics is. Right. And it wasn't about let's hit on these other like very trending topics. And I was like, that's calculated. Yeah. Because the low-hanging fruit is, let me just throw you some like shit that like I want you to talk about. And as soon as you talk about it, it's going to be clickbait. But you're like, no. For the person who is a Vlad TV audience member, even if you know Ak, well, let me give you the Ak on Vlad TV look. Whereas yeah. now you're going to learn about his come up, mm-hmm. his life, yep. and then now we can get into some shit.
1: Yeah, That's what we said about our second one. I'm giving it up. Yeah. I mean, listen, we have a Sammy the Bull interview that we haven't dropped yet and people are like, oh, he's done a bunch of interviews. Like, yeah, he's done a bunch of interviews, but he's never done one the, the way that I'm going to lay it all out. Like a, like a very calculated story from the moment he was born to where he is now and all the, and, and you know, I mean, like you're, you're creating a story in real time. And I think that's what a lot of people don't realize. It's not just a bunch of random questions that get plopped together. Like you're actually creating this narrative and this story and you're, you're telling this person how to tell their story but but giving them sort of like the pathway as how to how to go down that story.
0: You interview, like you interviewed me like when when, when I've done documentaries. Yeah. And you know they're gonna use, they might use just five minutes, right? Or three yeah. minutes or like two clips. But the, the the line of questioning is meant to tell a story. Right. It's not meant to just get a bunch of answers for random stuff. And I thought that was really dope. Um w- when did you get that type of, you know, um, uh, method of kind of scripting content, or like coming up with content, or was it a thing where you're like, "Hey, let me just try to be different from everyone else"? Yeah. Because we were used to like you go to the Breakfast Club and say you was just in a fight, your chain got snatched. That's half the interview, right? We don't want to hear about nothing else. Yeah, but I'm going. I'm going to Vlad TV, and I'm like, "Damn, that's what Mo three was into." I don't yeah. even. It, it's it's so timeless because. He's he's barely even mentioning stuff that was going on at the time. So now, when I listen to uh, Mo three, so I'm like, damn, did he have any interviews? I look it up. I'm like, oh, she was on that. Now yeah. I'm like, oh, this is how he grew up. This is why like he was making music like this. Yeah. When did you realize that was a thing?
1: I mean, if you look at my early interviews, I, I wasn't doing that. Mm. Uh, I was just sort of hopping from topic to topic and and, and doing what you're talking about. But you know, at, at a certain point, you're like, well, what? How can I make this more interesting? And, and how, how am I going to approach this as a fan of that person and their story? And it's almost like a, like a, you're creating a documentary, but you're creating it with just one person and no B-roll or, or, or whatever else like. But you gotta have a vision though, right? Like, yeah, yeah.
0: like when, when you're asking the line of questioning, right? And sometimes I'll, 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 I'll like, you don't, you do a great job of sometimes you add the information to lead to, to to asking the question. And sometimes you might just ask a blank question.
1: I mean, it's, it's almost like a lawyer strategy. Like I know, I usually know the answer when I'm asking the question, mm, usually. That's interesting. Sometimes you, you get a little bit wrong or sometimes they give you just a, an interesting, like a totally different answer, you know because you clearly you don't know their whole life but you do know the, the highlights of it. So, you know I mean? Like a lot of times I always say, okay, and then in 2008 you did this you're, you're very timeline oriented no, yeah very chronological much chronological so. yeah, 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 yeah. it
0: matters so much to you where yeah. it's like okay so so in 2007 blah blah you go to jail or whatever you 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 get a hit single and then 2008 you do the
1: why do you do that i mean it's, it's like a life story piece right and then with a life story piece there's a chronological order to it and it just makes for a better story when it's just going, when you're not just hopping back and forth. Oh, yeah, well, you know, let me go back to five years ago when I, when I uh, and then suddenly the story, you're starting to get lost in the story. Where did you learn that from, though? Because, like, from the outlets I watch, they don't
0: care about chronological order. They care about, they ask you the series of questions in in terms of what's hot. Right. And um, this is why people say, like, oh, Vlad, like, he's the fez or whatever, because you actually get a
1: sequence of events. Yeah, It's good. Like, was there a place you learned it from? Nah, I mean, I, I think that part didn't really come from anyone. Like, you know, I, I like to say that, I, I, you know, 60 Minutes was a big influence and so forth, but they, but they don't really do that. They usually focus on a particular topic. Yeah. I, I guess I just look at it as like, yo, like I came from the documentary world before, you know, well, really at the same time I'm launching Vlad TV, I'm also doing my first documentary, uh, Ghost Ride the Whip. Mm. Right? It, it was um it was a documentary about the hyphy movement. But along with the hyphy movement, it's well, where would you do that with? Um well I, I produced and directed it. Um Sway narrated it. We brought mm-hmm. him in as a narrator, and then this guy named Peter Spire, uh, we did it through his company through Image Entertainment. And he he did like the beef DVDs and stuff, from. yeah. Um we just did it through his company. And and that really got me into like, okay, like, here's the story of the Bay Area where I'm from, from like, you know, black migration from the South, to the Black Panthers, to what happened to the Panthers, to how the music sort of developed through that, to here we are with the hyphy movement now. Mm. You know what I mean? And it's like, to me, documentaries have always been my favorite form of media. I like documentaries more than scripted movies, or music, or mm. sports, or whatever else. like I feel like a really good documentary about someone's story is going to Trump anything that someone can make up. True. So so I'm such a fan of the genre that I just decided to create a version of that genre on my platform. No, that's fire. I mean, um
0: I remember watching you just years ago on different platforms as I said. I'm wondering and you know uh um number 1 you definitely don't, sh- I-, I admire that about you. you. Don't show anything about like your personal life really at all. Mm-hmm. But just overall, what has changed from like 2008 Vlad to like now, like how's your lifestyle changed? Like how's your, how's <laughs> working? Well, I mean, <laughs> just, just what were you doing then that now like you've either has figured out or like just even quality of life because people are wondering, I don't think, I don't think you're sitting like on a hamster wheel Anymore, just like fucking distressed out. I think you get to do a lot of things that was beyond your your wildest
1: expectations. Yeah, I mean, listen, the the house is nicer, the cars are nicer, uh, the clothes are nicer. Um, well, the, you know, there's a level of you know, I mean, because I've talked about like my stock investing and everything else like that mm-hmm. over the years. You know, once you you reach a certain level of investment, where, where you know that you have a certain amount of money. Uh, to fall back on, you're not making short-term decisions. The decisions keep becoming more and more long-term because you know that you have the resources to keep things going even during a slowdown. You know, like, for example, like, when that, when that, uh, the pandemic hit, we, we never, you know, we didn't let anyone go. You know, in fact, I think we even hired during the pandemic. Wow. Uh, we, we were prepared, you know, financially to deal with whatever came our way uh you know like like one one of the guys that the you know my my uh content manager uh he was working for puffy's company like he had, he had left vlad tv because he got this really great offer uh from puffy's company and it was like okay cool like if they're offering you this and offering you revolt not revolt it's the, the like the other company that the deals like Ciroc and everything else like that. So, so, you know, and deals with the, the, uh, the events and everything. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't remember. I don't want to say the wrong name. I think it's something like Combs enterprise. Or something, something like that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And he went over there and um, you know, and I wished him well, we always had a really great relationship. He, he was my executive assistant before. And um, he went over there and, and we still kept in touch. I remember I hit him up one day like, yo, how's everything? Like how's, how, how's life over at, you know, at Puffy's company. He goes, well, actually I got laid off because when the pandemic hit, and their money started to slow down, they laid off like half the staff. Wow. So I got a chance to hire him back again. And now he's, he's the content manager. Nice. But, but the whole thing is, is like that we were prepared. Not to say that Puffy, like I don't have Puffy money. Like let's just start, no, not yeah. let's just not not say that. But for whatever reason, Puff didn't feel like bankrolling the slowdown and keeping people on staff, even if they may not be making money. He decided to just slash his staff.
0: Yeah, but, but, but we, we didn't do that. But 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 two different situations. Like I think for what that company does in live events and activations and a lot of stuff they do, that's a actual slowdown. I could probably argue that Vlad TV hit the y'all y- y- hit the pinnacle of the success around the time of the pandemic.
1: Yeah, I mean, we, we started doing well, you know, but but we said like, you know, I think right around that time, we just said like we're not going to keep depending on people to do interviews for free. We're not just going to Why keep... did you make that decision. It, it was, we had a bit of a slowdown in terms of our guests because
0: there was a time where I felt like, you know, and I won't even mention the characters that were involved, but certain people who were on your platform, yeah. they were kind of like going back and forth. Like, Oh, I got paid and you didn't get paid and you didn't really ever say anything like definitively like, yo, Hey, we'll pay you. Um, but I, I definitely think you changed the game by just kind of like, Adopting a different
1: uh, mythology. well listen, we we got to the point where what was that moment? The the numbers. Well, you know, like I said, we had a bit of a slowdown in terms of our guests, and we're trying to figure out how do we how do we reverse that. And it was like, yo, like there's a lot of people that we want that I know is going to require a check. It it, it just is. Like like Sammy the Bull is not going to do interviews for free. Mm. Like he's at the twilight of his life and he's trying to grab as much money as he can and so forth. Like it it, it required a sizable check for us to sit down with Sammy the Bull. I wasn't going to talk my way into an interview. It doesn't matter how many viewers I had or whatever else. There are certain people that will, and and, and it doesn't even depend on their stature. Sometimes it's people that are totally unknown. Sometimes it's people that are really known. You'd be surprised how many really known people we've cut checks to. Really, You're like this probably doesn't have any effect on you. But the, but then, you know, there's a manager there who's- Does collecting. that fuck up? Because I, I, I've i wondered, I said,
0: listen, and I, I told you this even while we're out there. And I was like, yo, I've never paid for an interview, mm-hmm. but but I'm about to like pay for one. But in reality, it's I don't even think I'm paying for it because I think he would do it anyway for free. Mm-hmm. But this is someone who largely my career and part of like, you know, I did the Shire Rack. I used to cover him a lot. Just got out of jail. I want to throw him some money, Yo, get on your feet. Like, bro, yeah. like, you know, you, you look at, we look at a lot of people we've covered and we've seen them going through ups and downs. And I think our business has gone pretty good. Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm about to pay him, but I, I look at that and I look at what you've done. And I said, I don't want to set this as a precedence because what happens is like, for example, if I go to a company now and I heard, that's why people don't put out public amount of money. They pay people. Mm-hmm. Spotify paid this person this. And if I walk in that building and I'm like, oh, I'm hotter
1: than that motherfucker? They go want that too, yeah.
0: Dog, you're giving me this plus more. I'm not taking less.
1: Right. And listen. That might hurt you. Don't you think? It it all depends on the particular situation. Like at the end of the day, we also don't pay everybody. Mm. There's lots of people, you know what I mean? Like we actually don't pay the majority of the people because most people want to be on the platform when someone approaches us and say, Hey, we want to do so-and-so and we want to get this person's story out there, you know what I'm saying? And, and we, we, we want to actually get the viewers and so forth. Um, you know, if we don't have to pay, we don't pay. Uh, but when it comes to someone that we just can't get, you know, like, like there, there's like, I mean, certain like retired basketball players that, I, you know, I was talking to them for a number of years until I finally like, listen, how about, I'm, I'm going to cut you this amount. Boom, I'm there. The Jason Williams show was fire. Which one? Jason Williams. Like, that story, like,
0: I think he cried during the show. Yeah. I think it's, it's a couple years old, but, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I went out, like, a whole
1: rabbit hole. Like, it's also, like, the YouTube, like, algorithm. Yeah, and for example, we, we didn't pay Jason Williams for the interview. Like, he really? He was promoting something at the time. You know, I mean, it, it kind of really depends on Tony Ayo. Tony Ayo, That's we That's a fire fucking Tony. Interview. Tony, we paid. Tony got a check. And it was a huge interview, and that, that, he's, that was he's getting it. all types of. I'm sure he's getting lots of opportunities off of that. Like it reintroduced him to a whole new generation. I feel, yes. And not plus, only plus, that, plus the G Unit audience is so international. It was it was interesting seeing the effect of of everyone who came in to watch it. Not only that, I don't know if you
0: realize, like Tony Yayo, right? Tony Ayo is, I think you humanized him. Yeah, a lot. And, and when I mean humanize him it's not like look at an animal. It's just like we just look at him as somebody just not even unwilling to be able to reason and have some rationale yeah. to have conversations like that because of what we've heard about them or like the music. We're like, yeah, this is someone who would never do this. But I'm listening to him and like he's so careful, calculated, but he's giving it up. Yeah. He's being honest. I mean, there, there are some tense moments with that. Like, no, the whole, like,
1: it was, you know, like the whole stabbing is like, you know, Vlad, shut the fuck up with that bullshit. Like, you know, like. That's some real
0: shit, though. I know. Yeah. Yo, by the way, for, and this for anybody who's watching this, and, and, and one of the reasons I love talking to Vlad is because I'm hoping there's a young me who's watching this. Because it took me watching you on The Breakfast Club to inspire certain things. So I hope when you're watching this, like, you kind of learn certain things about this. And, like for example, when he said that to you, and I know I had to. Killed that within myself a long time ago. I, hundred percent, you probably didn't care. Like there's certain people. The biggest part of doing content is getting your ego out of it and realize that moment that sold the interview. You're like, shut the fuck up. What you talking about? <laughs> that sold it. Yeah. Most of these motherfuckers, they actually like they can't understand content enough where they'll jump in the way of that. They'll torpedo the whole interview because now somebody telling you shut the fuck up, you might be like, it's my platform. Yo, what the fuck? No, this is great. This is great content. This is authentic. And I yeah. listened to that interview. It's so authentic.
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, it was, it was a tense interview during certain times because Tony Ayo has a reputation for being Tony Ayo, right? What he say and to I, you after I'm aware. What's that? What
0: did he say to you? Like, like just
1: watching the fucking love and just the attention. He, he probably it. never. He loves it. Yeah, we, we, we text each other. Wow, he's he's supposed to come back. He just we would be doing an interview this week, but he just happens to be in Europe, right? Or but we're talking about having him. Like we've already agreed that he's going to come back. We just have to be. You know, those interviews. I think we have to do in person. We can't do those remotely. Oh, you got to. You know what I'm saying? So we have to just be in the same place uh, to do it. But he's he's down. But but this is where also we were talking about platforms earlier, and I think this is
0: where you know you're you're invaluable because you know I told you I said I will do Vlad TV but Vlad has to be there. I want to look you straight ahead just like I were talking here. Yeah. And even if you're off camera, I want to just have that conversation where we're in the moment, we're feeling the same type of vibes if it's tense is tense, if it's whatever is yeah. whatever. And like that Tony Ayo, was that did you know going into it? Like he doesn't really speak much but like there was a before and I, and I give you all the credit for this right these days people are loving stories of the old mm-hmm. people are loving oh shit yeah i lived through that but i never knew what really went on right. and now they're getting the truth like now uh shit I, you know w- with the death of alpo mm. a lot of people are fascinated about oh shit he's the guy who was in pain in full some people who are new to the thing right i'm like okay cool and then they might keep Googling or YouTubing and they get to,
1: oh Z, shit. AZ Faison. Yeah. yeah. Telling the whole Alpo story from a firsthand perspective, right? Exactly. Yeah. So that's one of the things I think your
0: platform is just fucking amazing at. Like you, you have given new life to stories. Like I look at all these other platforms now, they're doing that. Yo, I would I would just listen to, um okay. um, I was listening to Fat Joe and Matt Hoffa, t- yeah. give a story about um suge knight and when he came into the vibe wars and people are running i'm like damn like i was even like i'm a kid when this is happening but like it sounds yeah. fascinating that's what your platform you you have turned this shit into a okay y'all lived it but let's find out the truth about it the real perspectives right. in, in, in a non-cloud chasing mm. non <clears throat> oh this is a tmz moment Let's just hear what you think after the
1: fact. Yeah. Shout out to Matthoffa, by the way, man. He's doing great. Yeah. And, and that was someone who I had been believing in for a long time. Like, you know what I mean? I, I think he didn't I just felt that he had that, that kind of charisma. You know what I'm saying? And, and me and him actually did our a battle rap event, Killer's Battle League. We did one one battle like years and years ago together where we were we partnered up on it. Uh, but really I've always, and I've interviewed Math before, but I've always looked at him like, yo, like you got this charisma about yourself that you're bigger than battle rap. I agree too, but I always thought he was the person who was getting, like,
0: I thought he was one of the niggas who, he'll fucking punch somebody in the mouth and fuck the whole bag up.
1: Right, which he's done. Yeah, he's done. But but I I never thought that he could actually be in this format. Which he's done, but then, you know- I would speak to him afterwards, and I would tell him like, "Yo, you fucked up," really, like, yeah, like, like we have yeah, that, type that type relationship, relationship. yeah. Because I'm like, yo, like, people want to fuck with you, but you go and do this, and then people don't want to fuck with you afterwards because the the you know they think that you're you're you know you're, you're gonna snap and start punching people like like that. That's not something you want to be known for, you know. Be the well, aggressive you dude with him because yo, know, he, he does a really good job these days. He does a great job, you know, but like. Like I've always believed in him. And, and I've in like like you could you could ask him this. Like, you know, he's gonna come back on my platform later this week and we're gonna have a, a conversation about this. But like, but you know me, just like how you started this conversation. Like, I want everyone to win. Like, I don't look at anyone as competition. Like, I'm good. I have my platform, I have my audience, I have my repeat guests, I have new guests, I have money and budgets and so forth, that I'm not sitting here, I don't understand the concept of hating on another person and trying to keep a person down. Thinking I've never somehow, seen hate. It's somehow gonna take, because it's a stupid concept when you're talking about the internet. Now, you know, it's like, if we were in the NBA together and there's only one prize at the end, then yeah, mm. like we're, we're fighting for the same thing, but we're not fighting for the same thing. Like math, has been around for a very long time and has its own audience and has its own fans. Do you, do you think people are encroaching on your territory when everyone's chopping up interviews? No, no. <laughs> that's like, do, do you, you feel nah, like they should nah, give nah, you nah. credit or something? I don't care about that shit, man. The, the, the only thing that's ever really bothered me a little bit, and it's not even something that like bothers me, bothers me, but the thing that maybe annoys me a little bit is, like, for example, um, Art of Dialogue, which I think is a, is a good channel and has good concepts and, and has good guests and so forth. And we've even interviewed some of the people they've interviewed and so forth. I just feel like their look and feel looks so similar to Vlad TV oh, that people okay. confuse the, the font that they use and yeah, the yeah. way they, they start off. Like, okay. all right, here we go, like, you know, like, like certain catchphrases. But it, it looks, like, I've I've gotten angry phone calls before. Like, like I I remember, like, Damon Thomas, you know, uh, Kim Kardashian's uh, first husband who, you know, d- you know we did an interview with. Um, he called me up and was like, yo, man, like, why did you interview so-and-so and have him talk all that shit about me after we did our interview? And I'm like, I haven't interviewed that dude in six months. And he's like, oh, and he went back, oh, yeah, sorry, it's not you, my bad, we, we gotta confuse Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah that, would, that would get me upset, too. And, and, it, and it's like, for us, it's like, the only thing that we want, you know, for those guys to do is just create your own look and feel. That's just, you know, cause, cause I feel like, I don't know if they were doing it to sort of big piggyback to, to confuse people, but it's creating a level of confusion. I feel where people are confusing our interviews with each other. And, and that's, that's the one thing that I felt I feel could be changed, but, Even with that, I'm still happy that they're doing well and I'm happy that they're creating content that people fuck with and I don't look at it as as competition or whatever else. I just don't want a confusion of people thinking their interviews are ours or vice versa. Yeah,
0: no, no. And and it's one of those things where I don't think you're having the fucking um, Frank Lucas moment where he tells Nikki Barnes, be like, yo- Yo, this is a brand. Like, y'all don't even remember from American Gangs. It's like, yo, I guess they, had, they were selling Coke with, like, a stamp on it. They're yeah. like, yo, this is a brand like Coca-Cola. Yeah. And if you fuck with my brand, you're fucking with me. You know what I mean? It's, 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 yeah. it's, it's kind of what you're, you're just trying to say. Listen, if I would give you credit for just a particular style of interview, and I don't even think you're claiming, like, oh, if you're, if you're doing this, you're fucking with my shit. I think if you're saying... Okay, if you're doing that and adding the same texture, feel, and look,
1: and also catchphrases, (laughs) motherfucker, please. It's just just a confusion thing. That's the whole thing. It's not that I feel that they take away. I just feel like people get confused and think that it's a Vlad TV interview when it isn't. And then some people probably look at our shit and think it's an art of dialogue interview. But then again, you take another step back and say, well, this font that we're using is a public font. So- I, you know I mean? The fact that someone else nah, uses lad, it.
0: Stand on that. You the
1: big dog. When you the big dog, then you what they were doing. It's not well, like well, you. But t- then, but then it's, but, no, but see, see the thing is like, you can't play the, the victim mentality. It's like, okay, so it's up to us to maybe create a whole new look and feel. No. And, and have it be more, more, more distinctive where it just can't be copied so
0: McDonald's, easily. McDonald's changes the market. McDonald's doesn't see like a fucking checkers pop up on the corner and be like, yo, we got to get some new fries. Like, fuck that. We get you out of here. Come on, Vlad. You got it. You're,
1: <laughs> Vlad, you are pretty eagles. I mean, what's what's the point of of beefing with people that are doing the same shit as you? Like when I when I first got into the game, I had a meeting with Double XL. It went fucking nowhere. You know, uh, Vanessa came in and just hated on the whole meeting and basically. Really? Yeah, yeah. It was. You guys
0: have a good relationship.
1: I mean more on her like I don't really know her, but I, I remember when I when I came in when Vlad T V was starting to really bubble and it was like, yo, let's let's work with Double XL and you know, like I I met with the this was before Double XL got sold, but I met with the actual publisher. Um I don't remember his name on the top of my head, but you know, basically Vanessa's boss's boss. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the guy that was actually running all the magazines yeah, yeah. Uh, for Harris Publishing. And he was actually very interested in talking to me about, about certain things. And she came in and was like just like a, just like this foul look on her face, and was wow. like, we, we we we're good. We don't need the help. No, no, we're we're already doing that. No, no, we're, we're okay. You know, and ultimately oh. the you know the the magazine got sold to someone else, and I think she's still in that position. And you know, they they have their freshman issue, but that's that's about it. But like, you know, I met with the source that went nowhere. Keep an eye on it, um, hard, Vlad. Keep you it know, hard, like but Vlad, you ch- you make sure that you, you check on every couple now and then to be like, oh damn, you guys are bottoming out type <sighs> shit. Yeah. Maybe if I'm bored. <laughs> Maybe Vi, if I'm bored. I'm gonna tell you, you' too humble, you know. But like, listen, yo, me,
0: Vlad, you know how I get down. <laughs> yeah, I know how you get I'm, down.
1: I'm kicking. Yo, first of all, the thing oh, yeah, is, you, you don't you don't take no no type of back talk from anyone. You were going at it with Ari the other day. I saw yesterday.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, we have so much to talk about. I hope we have enough. Film. <laughs> I, I even want to get into that. It's like it's like one of those things where like the Ari thing, like. And I'm surprised I was reading the comments. People agreed with me. People don't realize the internet has made what the newspaper used to be a bunch of, back in the day, niche was bad. So people were like, oh, you're you're niche. No, you want to be mainstream. These days, you make your niche mainstream. Yeah. Flat TV is mainstream before you would be a, you're a niche interview outlet. No, but when you do, when you see the numbers, the numbers are that exorbitant.
1: Yeah, I mean, like like Joe Rogan played our Rico Reckless clip mm. on his podcast. Well, he did react to it, right? Yeah, he did a whole reaction, you know, to, you to Rico that? Reckless. I mean, it was interesting. I mean, I, I was really more happy. Do you for, ever reach out to people Rico. like that? Like, yo, Joe, do you wanna, Joe Rogan, like, do you wanna come interview I, with us? I don't, I don't have a contact on him. I've never spoken to Joe. Yeah. You know, plus, plus, I, you know, I wasn't really like I, I didn't really feel the whole N word thing that, that, that you know that he was mm-hmm. doing. So, like, and, and I've publicly said that. How had, had all the Joe Rogan like hives trying to attack Hold me on. over it? I'm glad you said that. And by mm-hmm. the way, we're gonna get back to this Ari thing. Remind me,
0: Leaf. I'm gonna get back to this Ari thing. But I do want to say, I Vlad, for as much flack as y'all give him, if y'all ever talk to him, Vlad is a staunch defender. Of the black community and also don't tolerate fuckery when it comes to black people or black women. I'll be honest with y'all. And it's not pandering. Like, you know, this is not whatever, whatever. This is facts. And I think sometimes when people used to and I don't know if they still do like, like, oh, oh, he's white and he's prospering in this culture. He's a culture vulture. I think people just don't ever really try to know the facts before that. I'll bring up this one situation and I think I could bring it up. Um, Fresh and fit. Mm -hmm. Fresh and fit hit me up. They're like, yo, they were trying to do a little media tour. Say, yo, I just did your, did your platform. Mm -hmm. Like, yo, you got to get us on Vlad. And I'm like, yo, that's my guy. I Mm -hmm. could connect y'all. Yeah. And I tried to make the connect. Mm -hmm. And, um, Vlad in in a v- most respectful way and you could take
1: from here you call me up and um I wasn't familiar familiar with the Fresh and Fit podcast. I actually had mistakenly I put out them group, group yeah, chats. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, I was no, like All right, I'm done no, I'm good I'm out. You know what it is but I, I think initially I mistaken them for the Full Send podcast. Oh. So initially when I was like yeah yeah let's do it like I thought it was the Full Send cuz you know Tony Brown was on there and I was they were starting to get on my radar and everything else like that. But then when you told me it was fresh and fit, I'm like, oh, let me go back and look at the, the you know, what their content is. And, um, you know, for example, in my company, uh, my CFO is a black woman. You mm. know what I'm saying? So the person with, in the highest position- This is what people don't know about you. Why yeah.
0: you gotta let people know that.
1: Yeah, you know, so, so, you know, when I'm like, are, are, you, are you familiar with this, with this uh, platform? And she was like, yeah, it's, you know, from her perspective, it was very anti-women, anti-black women, you know, they they, they, they were kind of like, like, you know, they there got was into moments There were some moments like where that. they were, where they were, you know, I felt- They would
0: say differently, but
1: like those moments, look re- it didn't look- You nice. know, and I'm not saying that that's, that's the platform as a whole, but there, there was moments that I felt like black women were, were somewhat disrespected on that platform. And and based on the conversation I had with my CFO, you know when, when she expressed certain things, and I looked at, it, I said, you know that that's actually I think a valid point, point. and um, I think that we're going to just pass, you know, for, for, you know, for that because it's not just about me; it's also about, you know, my, my staff has to also feel like, you know, they're not necessarily like marginalized in terms of the content that, that we put out. You see what I'm saying? No, no, no. Like I, the, I make the final decision, but I also take other people's it's you know, interesting
0: opinions that, into account. It's interesting that that's how that went down because I think a lot of people would say, well, yo, know, Vlad's a culture vulture. So, like, Vlad's only for the cash. Mm-hmm. Whatever that makes the cash, he'll do. He'll compromise his integrity. Yeah. He won't care if anyone else offended. But you're, you're literally basically saying, hey, you know, I didn't know too much about it. I was probably open to it, but I spoke to some people, yeah. people that worked in my company, they were, they felt strongly against it. Yeah. And I had to rock with team.
1: Yeah, I don't think people know that about you. Same thing happened with Kevin Samuels. That's why there wasn't, wasn't a second really? Kevin Samuels. Yeah, there was supposed to be a second Kevin Samuels interview with CK Kirkland, but, but the same type of things were, were brought up about some of his stances towards black women and everything else like that. And, you know, unfortunately with, with, with a Kevin, That's not his whole, you know, that wasn't, I mean, he's, he's gone now. He passed away, Yeah. but like, I mean, that wasn't everything that he put out. He actually had some very good advice and insight. And And by the way, Fresh and Fit too, it's just that
0: like there are
1: inflammatory clips that those communities might,
0: might, and I've always said about those, I've said to those people, like whether it's Fresh and Fit or Kevin Samuels, they have a whole thing called the Manosphere.
1: Yeah, the Manosphere.
0: Learning how to communicate. Because if I if I say right now, you'll fly you a bitch ass thing and then I say something constructive, you already shut off. You didn't even hear the constructive shit. Right. You have to know how to communicate.
1: Yeah. If you're really trying to deliver a message that's not meant to offend. Right. And, you know, Kevin was one of these polarizing kind of figures and, and certain people in the company, you know, ha had issues with with some of the things that he puts out and everything else like that, especially when it comes to black women in particular. And look, at the end of the day, Damn, damn near all of my relationships. Those clips probably
0: went crazy though.
1: Like so, so so
0: monetarily, it's telling you you got to get him for a second interview. But then you're
1: looking at feedback. How do you make that decision? Like, what's Vlad's barometer? I mean, I mean, it, it come it comes down to, I mean, I take everyone's opinion, you know, into effect. But you know, for example, like certain staff members didn't want me to do the Ayanna Jackson interview. You know, the the woman who accused, you know, who got Tupac convicted for rape. Um Ooh, I ultimately I, I ultimately made the decision to go forward with it. You know, but but the, but there was some, some dissension that, that people didn't want us to put it out and oh the company's gonna be ruined if we put this out. People love Tupac, whatever. But I'm like, this is an important historical situation. No, hold on, this no. This is part of Tupac's story. He was the actual person that was in the room when it happened and it was in, was the one who pressed charges. Like, let her have her opinion. Well, not her opinion, let, let her tell her story, and then people can come to their own conclusion. And ultimately when it came out, certain people stood with her, certain people said we don't believe her, her story fell through too many times. When you started, by
0: the way, I've seen pieces and parts of that. Yeah. And let me ask you a question. So, going into that interview, mm-hmm. because you know it's going to be radioactive, it's going to be controversial, it's going to be something that you know it, it could potentially tarnish someone who already has a legacy. Not that you, you're interested in that, but um, are you going into that interview saying, I know she's going to tell her story, but my job in this interview is not to just let you say anything, I need to give pushback I need yeah. to I need to say, well, why didn't you just leave? Hey, why didn't you just make a call? Why didn't you do this? D- do you feel that way or you're like, no, I'm a blank canvas, and I just let the person speak.
1: No, nah, no, nah, I, I don't just let a person speak in, in circles. you know there's a whole thing about how she gave Tupac oral sex on the dance floor and stuff like that, yeah. and like you know, and some of the you know and, and when people look at that story, especially if they're a Tupac fan, they'll see that certain parts of the stories certain parts of that interview i knocked some holes into you know yeah, what i mean yeah, like okay, she wasn't yeah. really able to really explain what you know her perspective along with the facts of the case and everything else like there was a couple of times people were like oh yeah see you know and, and some people walked away with it like yo i'm glad you did that interview because now i think she's a liar but then oh, there's so, other. Yeah. so you definitely raised uh-huh. objections if yeah. you
0: intuitively yeah. naturally as a person said well, why didn't you do this? Yeah, like exactly. you, you weren't because, okay, okay. Yeah, that, but that but other sense. people looked that at it and sense.
1: said, well, if you look at this through a 2022 lens of a girl comes to have sex with you when you suddenly like, well, you got to fuck with the homies too. Like that wouldn't go over too well these days. You yeah. see what I'm saying? But, but 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 that doesn't take away from the fact that Dudes fuck girls with their homies all the time. It's happening right now somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Like like, and that's always been happening. It's always gonna happen. And some girls are perfectly fine with it. Some girls are not. And, yeah. and it's a it's, it's a fine line between these two. Yeah, I, I'm
0: I'm one, and I'm wondering what you think about this because, and I think this is where we almost transition to six nine. I'm the person, and and I remember thinking about the same topic when I did decide to interview six nine for the first time. I do not believe in no matter who the person is, don't give them a platform. I do believe it's on, It's incumbent on the person who is extended said platform to raise challenges, mm-hmm. rebuttals yep. and other things to make the conversation fair and balanced. Right. But I don't believe that, Oh, we shouldn't even talk to you. So I wouldn't get mad that like say the Tupac situation and by the way, the Tupac situation with Ayanna, whatever. Um, I, you know, I I see like one or two parts. I wouldn't get mad that you interviewed her. I would get mad if you basically just sat there, listened to her, and everything she said, you went on and acted like that's the entire story.
1: But that's not what happened. Okay. And that's, that's not what happened. And like I said, to the hardcore Tupac fans, like, that interview reinforced their belief in Tupac what's your barometer then, right? So what's your barometer when it comes to
0: situations like that? If you're talking to people who might be, you know, persona non grata in, in the sense of you're talking to a guy who used to be with a mafia who's now a snitch, mm-hmm. or you could be talking to somebody who everybody hates or somebody who's really polarizing. Where is your, um, your barometer in, in, in the sense of should I talk to this person at all? Or, yeah, it's good to talk to this person, just at least, because I, I I hear you a lot of times grilling these motherfuckers. <laughs> like, like you, some of the guys who cooperated or have heard you interview, you'll are you be asking them
1: questions that I'm like, damn, Vlad almost seems like a family member of the people who they told him. Yeah, I mean, I have a new interview that just started uh, Terrence uh, Gangster Williams, uh, Birdman's half-brother, who got life plus 100 plus 20 years. Who Did he tell? <sighs> He, based on our interview, he cooperated on some murders with people who were already dead. Is that Birdman real brother? It's his half-brother. Now, Birdman might <laughs> say it a little bit differently. Me and Birdman actually got on the phone. About at, this? At a, yeah. How did that go? He was, he was upset, was he? Nah, he wasn't upset. It, it, it was an interesting conversation. I've talked to, I've talked to Birdman. you talked Birdman, to Birdman
0: before? Birdman don't like nothing associated with a rat. <laughs> right,
1: Right. So, but, but this is different if okay, it's really yeah. family. So, so essentially, they have the same father, mm. right? Birdman's mother passed away when he was five, and the family got sent to Canada originally to live with like an uncle, and then got sent back to New Orleans and were put in, I think, like the system. And then when the father found out that his kids are now about to be put in foster care or whatever, he went and got those kids and brought them back home. And that's so so Terrence and, and his his siblings got to meet Birdman and Slim and all that for the first time wow. when when they were kids. Um so he ended up getting life plus 120 years. And at one point, um like you know, deep into a sentence he he cooperated on people that were already dead. You know i saying? Oh, so-and-so, you know, like so-and-so killed. Wait, wait, wait. How does that, wait, how could you cooperate if someone's dead? Is well, that like, necessarily like, cooperation? Well, well, like the Keefy D situation, right? My, you know, my nephew Orlando killed Tupac, but Orlando's dead now. So what are you going to do with that? Oh, so,
0: so you're kind
1: of like just closing
0: cases. Closing cases. You're you're closing cold cases. Yeah. But the, there's nobody going
1: to get there's arrested. There's no one to prosecute. No one, you know, his thing was that nobody, uh, Nobody went to prison over over what he said. Do you consider that snitching? My whole thing with 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 snitching and all that kind of stuff is, is no, not, no. Well, well is that particular like, instance
0: because I, I have a current day conversation I want to present I, to you. I think I think that telling someone could you, you snitch know, on a dead guy? Would I snitch on a dead no, guy? No,
1: can you? Can you? Is that a thing? I, I mean, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's a thing, but I also don't come from a background of where it is a thing. Well, you see what I'm saying. And by the so, way, the reason so. why I bring that up, Lil Dirk and King Von have a case, yeah, and
0: they're saying Dirk did certain stuff. Mm-hmm. The easy way out is saying, well, that was King it. Von, yeah." Which might well, happen. I was dead. Is that snitching? And by the way, you, I, I- well, okay, so this so is okay, so
1: well, well, uh, let me let me finish this this, this, okay. this Birdman uh, gangster uh, situation. So, so so what happened was, you know. The interview was done. I reached out to a contact I had for Birdman, because Birdman, this contact was saying that Birdman wanted to do an interview with me. He just wants to be in the same city when it happens. And so we've been talking for like, I don't know, six months or so, something like that. Um, So I, I, I hit that contact up and I said, oh, I'm just letting you guys know that we have an interview with with, with Gangster and it's coming out. Just giving you guys a heads up. You know what I'm saying? Because... Birdman gets mentioned in it, obviously, but but there's nothing derogatory about, about him or whatever else. So that that started a whole chain of events where me and when, when Terrence basically, you know, uh, Terrence got contacted, or he contacted Birdman or they, they contacted him or whatever else, and it, it was like, You know, at one point they put us on three way, me, him, and Birdman, but Birdman didn't want to talk. So I'm like, that's cool. I didn't ask to be on three way. Like, Terrence was the one that, hey, listen, do you want to talk to him right now? I'm going to put you on three way. I'm like, yeah, sure. And Terrence is half brother. His half brother, right. And then that happened, and Birdman was like, I ain't trying to get involved none of y'all, which y'all got. I'm like, okay, that's cool. Like, I didn't ask to three way. You know what I mean? Like, I was just thrown in this situation because, you know, this interview has already happened, it's done. But then Birdman reached out to me personally and said he wants to speak to me personally. And uh, it was an interesting conversation. I'd, I'd never spoken to him before, ever. I'd been around him once, but we never we never actually spoke. And really the conversation was, it was interesting because I didn't really get to speak. <laughs> you know, Burman sort of took control of the conversation. It, it was interesting actually seeing how 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 he did it. It was like, oh, okay, like this is-, is This is on the phone. It's on, it's on, on the, the phone. phone. Yeah, it's on the phone. And um, he basically was like, look, like, I, I respect you. I see what you've done. I don't have no kind of beef with you. I admire what you've put together, and we could potentially do some business in the future. But we got to sit, you know, we gonna sit down together and actually talk about that. And, you know, and I have artists, and I understand what what you do and everything else like that. Whatever you got going on with this dude, that's between y'all. Don't don't put me in in, in the middle of this or whatever else. You know and I'm like, "Well, let me just ask you a question cuz no, we're not going to do no questions right now. At some later point we're going to sit down Maybe and we so forth them." Yeah, but I don't record people. And he he probably thought that, but I but I don't record people. Did, it's did, not it's did, not my style. Did, did he claim claim that person like his brother? That was the whole I I couldn't actually ask any questions when we got mm. on the phone. He just wanted to tell me what he wanted to tell me and 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 to be fair, he was very polite and very respectful. He it was it wasn't like a a raw man is so polite. Yeah. The, the 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 most successful people are because you don't get very far being rude with people on the phone, you know, or in person because you know two millionaires arguing with each other like neither person gonna back down like. And, and by the way, I think
0: I think that's so smart by him, right? Yeah. So he, so he talks to I, if you ask me that it just aligns with what I what I said before. Yeah, um, I'm not saying he's disowning his brother in law or not brother in law, half brother, whatever mm-hmm. the case is. I think Birdman does not want to be anywhere near
1: conversations where people are talking about cooperating at all, whether it's cooperating well, and with and this anybody. Is, and this is this is sort of my point in all this, right? Is the reason because what I didn't realize until I actually did the interview and we got to sort of the end of the interview is that Birdman isn't rocking with with Gangster, mm. right? Because of the co- cooperation. And Birdman's stance is we all sat at this table together and we all made the rules. You were one of the people that made these rules when we all sat down and made them. And now you want to break the rules. So I can't rock with that. That's respectable though. And it's not like, you know- It, it puts you in a weird position and, because- And it- and, 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 and let, me, let me just say this, in Birdman's defense, Aside from a six month little dust up they had with each other, Birdman kept money on Terrence's books his whole 25 year prison term. Wow. Yeah. The, the one time that he stopped giving him money was when Terrence was caught basically for, for drug dealing in prison. And, you know, Birdman's thing was like, we're giving you money why the fuck are you doing all this extra shit when we're actually keeping you okay? Yeah, why yeah, are you yeah. risking more, more problems when, when, we're, when we're giving you money? The situation was it wasn't actually his drugs, he just got a new cellmate and when they tossed the room, they found some drugs oh. and both people get, get charged for it. You know what I'm saying? Because neither yeah. person's gonna say oh, it was mine. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? So, so that was that situation and then at one point, six months later, they worked it out and they, 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 they came back to to fucking with each other. But that's Birdman's stance. And that sounds like Birdman to me though. And, you know, I mean, you got to respect it. know, anyway, from my point of view, you know, from an outsider looking in, I feel it's a lot easier to have these morals, you know, and rules when you're a multimillionaire flying around in jets and, you know, got diamond in your teeth as opposed to someone who's doing life plus 20 years. You see what I'm saying? Mm, that's interesting. Like, 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 like take Birdman and put him in prison, give Birdman life plus 20 years and see what happens then? That's,
0: and, and maybe he'll stand fire. I've been around maybe. Birdman, Birdman as rich. And by the way, I, I've like been in his presence. I'm like, what the fuck is this shit? This is like some, this is some goddamn billionaire. Like, listen, I'm a millionaire. You're a millionaire. The shit that I see around Birdman, I'm like, what the? F-? This is a
1: different. He type got way of more wealth, money than us, right? He's been getting it way longer than we have.
0: But, and <clears> and <throat> one of the things that kind of like still bored through is like. Like he's a street nigga. What I mean by street nigga is like, that's how he he operates by a code that's congruent with that. Yeah. And I'm looking at him, I'm like, well, we're millionaires. that like, you know what I mean. Like we should be like I think we operate by a millionaire code. Like like the the code that you probably wouldn't break is don't do anything to fucking torpedo your business. You get me? Right. He's like still kind of street, but he's very polite. So yeah, it's probably a very um. Did he actually like not like not put out the interview? No, he wouldn't do that. Oh. I mean, but he, he would know the answer to that. The answer would be no. Have anyone ever done an interview with you and just like after they left, like, yo, Vlad, please don't do it.
1: Doja Cat. Really? Yeah. We still put it out.
0: But why does she want it out?
1: I don't know. I, I didn't really get that far. It was kind of like, she was like, yo, I want you to scrap the interview. How you know? long after like y'all recorded it? A couple of days, maybe. What, did you feel like she was high something? I, I, I don't know. I have no idea why. Did but she it, say, but, but was she I didn't, doing I, didn't, I didn't respond right away. And then it was like, uh, and, and then the next thing I was like, oh, it's like that, huh? And then like she blocked me and then that was the end of the conversation. And then she blew up. So really? Whatever. <laughs> then that point- she not you
0: like, send me a bunch <laughs> of messages. I'm still so <laughs> fine. Did it she, was like weird. It was like when I was covering the whole thing, right? when I was covering the whole thing about um like her she was in like some white supremacist chat yeah, right that, cases. that was fucking weird and like like just covering that she like was really upset about it. I'm sure she was I still got it still got the messages. <laughs> yo, she was like, yo, I, I, this is why I don't like you, man. It's the only reason I play, you know, I don't give a fuck. Listen, this listen. This is. No, your problem is that you exploit people. You exploit people's depression. You exploit people's mistakes. And you try to bring attention to things that don't need
1: attention. And that makes you a sick person. And the fact that you-
0: She, call me, them- she called me a sick person for- Bringing up the fact that these things were getting resurfaced, mm-hmm. and I, I go into it. I was like, "Yo, listen." I was like, I, "Like her first message to me was nobody likes you." <laughs> so I said, "I said," and I said, "That's cool. I don't like anyone either." <laughs> She's like, "You're a low life piece of shit." Okay, literally. And I was like, "I was laughing." She's like, "I really don't like you at all." I was like, "Yo, listen. Just get in your feelings some more. I don't care." And then she was like, it's easy for someone like you to say with no feelings. And I'm like, and I literally was trying to tell her, like, yo, listen, you're popular now. This is a game, right? Like, if I came from some weird shit, people are going to have a few questions about it. I don't sit here judging her for that now. Mm -hmm. But, like, it's something that you just got to answer to once. The mere fact that you're just mad that people are bringing it up. and, And I didn't bring it up with intention to, like, hurt you. But I remember her manager and like her label at that time going around, trying to squash any outlets that would try to bring it up. And I'm like, I don't know what type of like, I mean, control we, y'all have I mean, over the outlets.
1: We cover that a lot. They never approached us on that shit. Well, they try, they try yeah.
0: with me. They were like, yo, hey, uh, could you not? And I was like, what are you talking about?
1: Labels do that. We don't, I mean, I, what I think people don't realize is that 99% of our interviews have nothing to do with labels we we've been what i consider basically blacklisted from damn near all the labels you, you guys are out the matrix and, and that and that's fine you guys are out of the matrix yeah, like because when the labels get involved they come in with a whole set of rules and publicists and don't say this don't answer that rah, 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 rah. the few times we have gone to the labels with bigger artists it's always been some bullshit like i remember when we interviewed rich the kid there was all types of don't ask this type questions ended up being a super lame interview even though I felt that he was a viable artist. Weird of you Richard Kid. Yeah, I remember asked, he walked out, yeah.
0: Yeah, as soon as we act like yo, yo, what's up with you? like it just felt weird, like he was getting robbed every three months. And I'm like, well you know what somebody else told me later on? They were like, yo, dog, like the reason why he walked out is not cause you were like making him feel like a bitch because he was getting robbed. That's what they do in L.A. Like dudes act like they're getting robbed for insurance money. Oh yeah, and I'm not know, saying that's know. what he was doing, but like that felt. I, 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 I,
1: I don't know. I don't know. Um, I think his girl got like pistol whipped or something like in the process. I, I don't think you're doing insurance do, money with that shit. No, no, no. there was three to four robberies. I was multiple. What? Rich the kid has
0: Gold teams and be like, Rich the kid robbed. There's like five articles. <laughs> I don't know. Now, now, granted, you know, I'm still not saying that was the thing, but but I was like. When I asked it,
1: I wasn't trying to, like, I insinuate asked, I, anything. I, mean, I asked him about the robberies, and he just wanted to get off the topic. So, you know, I remember... Right? Yeah. Like, like,
0: like say, say for, like, any reason, like, if if you heard something about me, you'd be like, yo, I, can I ask you? Like, it's, it's, it's an elephant in the room. Yeah. Like, when you do research, I, I want to know what, know what your research process is. So something, say, I don't know. Let me name an artist right now. Let me just make it up. Um who's who's kind of been recent um I don't know well you, you have a couple of interviews with Nick Cannon if Nick Cannon was about to be doing an interview with you right um
1: like you just google him right like that's what you do right that, yeah that's so what I, we all I do. mean I mean I don't I don't really rock with Nick Cannon anymore oh, you don't rock but, with him. but Shit. you know but but let's just I was say you well, got a bunch of kids yeah, let's just say hypothetically I mean you know a lot of times Wikipedia will be your starting point you know, Wikipedia is actually lays things out in kind of a, a similar type of format, you know, and that'll be the starting point. But then it'll be like, or let's say YK Cyrus, like you know, YK I, Cyrus, you okay. gotta ask him about the wig.
0: You got to, right.
1: right? Like, I'm not Whig, saying that's the main the, thing, but at some point you're gonna be hey, like, oh, "Bro, you had a wig o- on. What's o- up? Owing people, Like, yeah, you know, like you're ask- there's, there's a lot. I, I interviewed YK Cyrus when he first came out. It was kind of a boring interview, but there wasn't much to talk about at the time.
0: If you ask someone about something you thought was obvious and they had an adverse reaction, like, "Yo, why would you? Why would you even ask that shit?" Like, you don't give them, like, "Yo, what I'm gonna ask you?" Right? No. So if someone had an adverse reaction to it, like yo, Vlad, yo, why are you asking about that shit right there? And, and you're like, I just Google
1: it. What would you do? I mean, I mean, I've had people upset over questions before. This this is not new. Um, Tretch essentially walked out of the interview. When, really? When I got a little too deep into the Tupac murder questions, you know, that was his close friend. Um, mm. Ugly God walked out of an interview. We didn't really play the walkout part, but really? before he walked out. Yeah, I think he apologized afterwards. Why did he walk out? He's I'm, I'm not even quite sure. It was sort of like, it was just a, our, our first interview was so dope and did these huge numbers. And then the second interview, he just seemed sort of depressed. And then when I was asking about various things that, that he had been involved in or whatever, it was just like, man, he's not even talking about my music. Eh? And then he just kind of stormed out. And then like, he DM me. And at first, it started like it was like it was very aggressive. But I'm like, bro, like it just seemed like you going through some shit. Like you know, it seemed like you're you're taking shit out on me when you're going through some shit. Sounds like you're going through some depression. I don't know if it's oh. your career or whatever. And then at one point, he's like, you know, something you're right. I am, I am going through. We actually got. He's like, you know, something. I apologize. Wow. Like, you know what I'm saying? because like, because my thing is like, would you do another interview with him? I guess. I mean, I don't. I don't know what he's been doing recently. Like, has he even been putting out music recently? I'm not. This is not. This is not me trying to. to No, 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 not really.
0: I'm. I'm trying to judge your forgiveness in like because we all get into it with artists, and a lot of times with artists, I know. I don't think Only I did this. A lot of artists, like for example, right? Me and Nav, I felt we had a good relationship. Then he Mm -hmm. went on on social media, and just blasted me. Mm -hmm. There was a time that, you know, through his connects at, you know, XO and like Cash XO and everybody, they were like, yo, they wanted us to talk privately, but it was, uh, like, I kind of felt like so this guy just gets, just disrespects me publicly, and as long as me and him talk privately, we're cool, we just started doing stuff like nothing ever happened, so it's one of those things like, yo, how do we all deal with disrespect or... Well- or people just like kind of besmirching the platform like soldier boys went at you now right like if Boy called you and be like yo vlad i'm sorry let's do an interview tomorrow do you do an interview or do you say bro could you at least like let people know publicly what the situation is because you've kind of made me look really bad
1: well number one i don't think anyone could really make you look that bad you see what i'm saying at the end of the day so they can disrespect you as a man soldier boy yeah but like soldier boy like everyone gets dissed by soldier you gotten dissed by soldier boy yeah i like it right <laughs> that soldier is just you know it, it's almost like a, you haven't made it until soldier boy disses you so and scary. and at the end of the day like how how, how are they dissing you are, are they are they um not so really you? upset at you though okay so he's upset at me hold okay. on and and I mean, honestly, who, who cares? Like, honestly, like Soldier Boy being upset at me is really just like, a, who Wait, cares? Wait, but hold situation. on though. No. Go ahead.
0: I think it goes back into, um, for him. And I remember talking to him. I'm like, Yo, Vlad's my guy. I'm out here. I'm doing stuff. That's when I did the last interview. I'm like, I was kicking over Vlad. He was like, Yo, Vlad, interview the niggas who who I shot. <laughs> and he was so upset, like just genuinely upset about it. And he was like, Ah. How about if somebody did some fucked up shit to you and they're a bunch of nobodies? Imagine if I found them dudes and interviewed them. And like, that's what was his demeanor with it. And I was like, I guess I understand. Um, I don't think Vlad was doing it like to make you look crazy, but it's a story you have talked about consistently if, multiple, multiple times. If he on, didn't on talk multiple, about it, I don't think you're platforms. going out to seek that
1: person. Like, if it wasn't a very popular story. Right. Well, let's let's just sort of break it down to, to the basic levels. Like, I've covered Soldier Boy over the years. I did a brief interview with him when he was on Love and Hip Hop during the little media little junket thing, and then we had our first sit down interview at his house, right? And you know, that's when that interview happened. Yeah, it was at his house in the L.A. Bow, bow, yeah, bow. yeah, the white background. Yeah, we did one interview, Classic. even though you know what I'm saying, and we. You know, I, I took, I think I had the Tesla at the time. I took him around, you know, the Tesla. So he
0: drove your Tesla.
1: Yeah. I never um, drove a Tesla. So that means a (laughs) lot. And that was, and that was it. We never spoke afterwards. What, what, you know, I don't know how he feels from his point of view, but from my point of view, I don't know this guy. Like, you know, we had one interview and it was a cool interview. And sometimes I think people feel like if we did do an interview with me, we are now lifelong friends, Mm. but we never remain in contact after that. So... Remember the same way, like, I just got some footage that, that mentioned your name in it, and, um, you know, I reached out to you, I say, hey, listen, I got this, and your name gets mentioned, you know, and, what, and, what, are your, what are your thoughts about that? And I think that's where a lot of artists probably
0: think that they're in that mode, where, you know, anything with you, I would 100% give you the courtesy, and also, if you're like your act, I would appreciate if you didn't, I'm
1: 100% percent well, will we, right? we have a real relationship, exactly. Right? Like, okay, we okay. actually talk every month, yeah. easily, like yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. easily we'll have a conversation, or we'll text each other, or mm. whatever. We remain in contact with each other. We we've done shit multiple times yep. back and forth. I've asked you for help. You've asked me for help. Like you know, Pass- we have we have a real relationship. Me and Soldier Boy had one interview six years ago. You can't I let think. you can't let a nigga drive a Tesla, bro. Like, <laughs> he didn't Tesla. drive it. No, no, he, he, he was he was the passenger. Passenger seat. Well, maybe it was an autopilot. He felt <laughs> like he was driving. Maybe it was driving. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's just sort of like yo, like 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 we didn't really have what I felt was that type of relationship. And ultimately, like you've told the story so many times, I think it's fair for the opposite. You know, the people you've been talking about, they approached me, I, I didn't find them. They approached oh. me and said, hey, we want to do an interview about what happened. I got on the phone with the guy and he sort of broke down the whole story. And I'm like, okay. By the way, I don't even think that interview made such a little bad. I don't think so. Cause the guy actually I think they it, confirmed it. Shot. Like, yo. Yeah, Every, everyone, right. <laughs> everyone assumed that the shooting was fake cuz cuz Soldier Boy has had a history of saying per, things yo, that were not exactly
0: that, true. That's what that's what I think Soldier doesn't get. I think like, your interview was like that actually there's so actually verified there's actually that actually
1: solidified that story. <laughs> now yes his version of the story was slightly different. He nah, he, he, he could add some spice to it He like, could add some spice. He claimed he smacked Soldier Boy twice, you know, before <laughs> the, the shooting, but then shit, you still the one that got shot. So, For him, so who, he told who, me it was who comes trauma out? though. What's he, that?
0: He, he said it was like he was reliving the story. And I remember when I interviewed him, he said, he said, Act, the reason why Big Draco even got born, he's like, imagine making kid-friendly music and someone tries to kill you. Like, and he, that's what he says. He, you yeah. know, and you might interpret it as that, like, if somebody breaks into your house, even they're trying to rob you, you might be like, I could have died, so they're trying to kill me. So fuck that robbery shit, right? So he's like, if someone tried to rob you, like. You're just gonna you're, He's like that changed the trajectory of his career Because now He had to reveal And he had to show a side of him That he never wanted to He wanted to be the guy doing you The whole time And mm-hmm. I did feel bad for him there And, and, I, and, I, and I thought he should have talked to you In a sense of Even though you guys didn't know each other I don't think you did that to like
1: Poke at him Or no. like, like kind of fuck with him No it's just telling the other side of the story it's now an important story. You know, it's a story that like, like I said, he said it on, on say cheese. He he said it on other. You went platforms.
0: viral. Your shit for bow bow bow. They yeah. made cartoon like they, fucking. They, they
1: made cartoons. They they've made parodies. Like you know how I mean actual real actors. There's a fucking there's, challenge about it. There's a challenge. The Soldier Boy challenge. He did one himself. That's right. Soldier Boy did the Soldier Boy challenge. That is true. Seriously. Um, and I I didn't mean it. I didn't set out to yeah I'm gonna trash the dude who just interviewed me. He's like yo, this is the other part of the story, and and it it's from the actual person. Now I can imagine if I brought in some some weirdo that had wasn't even there. Yeah, it was from the actual person. And me and Soldier Boy actually had, and he even like kind of went off on this. Me and his manager had actually worked out for him to do another interview. We worked out a budget for it and everything else like that. And then like the morning of, they said that he couldn't make it because of. Uh, some sort of probation or something like that. Yeah, no, and, then, remember, and then afterwards,
0: and they were like, "Yeah, then there was just <laughs> like it's not enough." But, but but by the way, it was a five figure offer, which which I think was good. Anyway, um, how often does that happen though? In the sense of um, you do a lot of interviews now. I have to imagine you probably look at certain a little bit different from the others. Like for example, I don't know if, if the guy who who um, shot Boosie hits you up and like, bro, I want to give you the story. No. You're not doing that. No, but because got, but, but, but,
1: but, me, but me and Boosie have a real relationship yeah. that goes back years that involves lots of conversations on and off camera. That, that, you know what I'm saying? Like we film at his house. Does You, you see what I'm saying? Like, like that that's an actual close relationship. But I would hit him and say, hey-
0: this guy reached out this guy really reached thinking, out what, what,
1: what do you think because boosie might be like yeah let that motherfucker talk yeah <laughs> let that nah, motherfucker nah, say Busy what he gotta might, say
0: nah boosie might say that shit.
1: you know or he might say like nah be like nah vlad
0: nah get a, yeah make sure you get an interview okay right. well, well all right so okay that aside how many like obviously you and boosie are very special like there's certain people who you could tell there's a good relationship there What about like a new person you interview? Like, have you seen, because that usually happens during our line of work where you meet somebody once, you interview them, and then now they think that you're beholden to them or like, yo, yo Vlad, why you put that clip up,
1: man? I did an interview with you. Like, do you get that still or no? Here's the reality of of the business. The whole beholden and everything else like that, whatever relationship and, and future plans and promises that are made Really end at that interview, meaning hmm. that there was lots of artists that I gave them their first. I gave Migos their first interview. Have you seen Migos recently on Vlad TV? No. Also, don't want to come back and spin around to to do another one. Maybe talk about I mean, the breakup. <laughs> I don't know, but I haven't interviewed the, the Migos in probably like six seven years. Do you feel salty about that? No, because like I said. The relationship ends at the end of that interview. I don't owe you anything and you don't owe me anything. So if you never want to come back to my platform again, I'm I'm thankful that you came through and did that one interview. Mm. You know what I'm saying? You don't owe me a second interview. I don't care if that interview blew you up and you became a multi-platinum fucking star. Like, you know, I mean, you you, most, I'm going to be honest with you, most journalists have some entitlement. Yeah, but, but get, get off that shit. It has nothing to do with business. They don't owe you. Now, if you have a contract with that person for another X amount of interviews and they take your money and, and, and you know bail out, then yeah, you should have a serious problem with that. But like- Think about what Gilly said about,
0: and I think it was maybe, was it Gilly that said it? I forgot who said but but I think it was probably positioned at- um, or maybe it was Nori that said I can't remember. It was positioned on maybe Cardi B.
1: Cardi B did something with David Letterman. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, Cardi yeah, B. He was complaining that that certain hip hop artists. Who was I, it? I, I don't. Yeah, it was, it was Nori. He Nori, was right? Saying how how certain hip hop artists are still doing Letterman and not not doing the, the hip hop platforms. Yeah, and I'm not sure why he's complaining because he actually gets some of the biggest hip hop artists. Period. That's if if anyone, if anyone should not complain, it should Jesus probably be said. Mike Tyson. Bro. It should probably be <laughs> Nori. Yeah, you know, he had Kanye. He 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 gets a lot <laughs> of a lot yeah. of high end people. So, but, you know. but,
0: but when you see Cardi doing Letterman, she did an interview with mm-hmm. you before. Do you do you be like, man? Two interviews with us before. Yeah, she, do you would Be like, yo, man. Man, these artists is fake. Or do you be like, oh, I get it. I get it.
1: I get it. Like, these people don't owe you anything. Like, like whoever sits down with you, you should be very thankful that they did that, mm-hmm. paid or otherwise. This person take took time out of their day to add to your platform, which you then will, it becomes part of your catalog, which you essentially could use forever. That's a big deal for someone to do that. And to sit there and feel a level of entitlement and feel like you have to, well, then you owe me this, that, and the third. Like, you don't owe me shit. And I don't owe you shit. I'm not, you know I mean? If if your first interview did big numbers with us, I don't owe you a second interview. Mm. And you don't owe me a second interview. We don't owe each other anything. And if you're going into the concept of, you know, like, you know, Doja Cat blew up after our interview. Do yeah. I feel like she owes us another interview? No. You know, the, like the line between, um,
0: between just like, hey, listen, I'm an outlet and you are an artist, or your personality and I'm an outlet. Sometimes gets blurred because sometimes on camera, for like, say, like Drink Champs or something like that, it appears that these people are not just an interviewer and an interviewee. It looks mm-hmm. like they're friends, and. I think that comes with entitlement because now it's like, you know, yo, you in town? You doing other people's shit? You or are you? I'm not getting an interview, so it's like, you know, um, you, you feel like, and, and I'm gonna have a different opinion on that because I'm not gonna lie, like, but but I'm actually cool with six nine though. It's like his rollout that came out before. I knew I was gonna get an interview. Like it wasn't even. It was just like, when mm-hmm. are we doing it? Right. And and maybe that entitlement, you know, it's interesting about entitlement. I do want to bring up six nine though, and I just did. Um, there's a moment in time that I would have loved for you guys to have connected, but I think you just weren't fucking with the energy. You weren't fucking with him. You were fucking with his actions, and even our last interview, just you weren't. And no, I think I
1: think last interview was when I said that. You were a little bit, okay, I was, no, I, no, no, I, no, I, I felt, I, you know, I, I recognized that I was somewhat hypocritical that I wouldn't interview 6 9 but a lot of mafia guys cooperated, you know, like I did an interview, I can't say I can't fuck with 6 9 <clears throat> and then interview Sammy the Bull, because Sammy the Bull. Do you look down at those, and I know this might be a of interest, even
0: with you answering, because you're interviewing these people, like, mm-hmm. When you're interviewing someone who's a cooperator, are are you kind of judging them as well? Because like sometimes that interv- like when you interview someone, you're kind of formulating your opinion based on their answers and shit like that. Like are you judging the person
1: like, "Yo, you're just a fucked up individual, but I'm just here just to get the answers." Not not so much. I mean, it, it depends, right? So for for example, when you talk about lines that get set, like I I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't interview a child rapist. Like, like for example, um, what's his name? Um, The the Texas rapper who impregnated like a thirteen-year-old. What? Um, Let me just—he's been in prison for like forty years or something. Is he known? Yeah. Oh, wait, this is a real thing. Yeah, hold, hold on, hold on. South Park Mexican. I don't know, too so much. South, South Park Mexican was huge in Texas at one really? point. Really? Huge, huge, one of the big, big names in Texas. Baby Bash, I don't know if you know who he is, but he was sort of under that label. He was sort of one of the artists, yeah. part of this whole rollout. And um, this dude went to a strip club, picked up a stripper, took her home, had sex with her, she got pregnant. She ended up being thirteen. He ended up getting like forty something. But there, there was other sort of child molestation charges that, that went along he with that. Stripper that was thirteen that ended up being thirteen. Now his thing is like, well, I'm in a strip club. I'm assuming everyone's over eighteen. It's not my fault. But there was other mitigating factors and so forth, which ended up getting like forty years. But at the end of the day, I can't with a clear conscience interview a man, a grown man who got a 13 year old pregnant. I just, I just can't do it. You know, and even though a lot of people requested this interview, cause he wants to do one, you know, I don't know if you want to do it, but other people have requested it, you know, and so yeah. forth. I just said, I, I'm, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to interview a child molester like that. Like, I- has you it know. been
0: other um people who have either been convicted or even accused of certain stuff like if you know you've, you've interviewed definitely a lot of people who have probably admitted or did time for doing murders and shit like that yeah. have has it ever been you like nah and just and I guess it would be like a more of a gut thing in you just saying this doesn't sit well with me
1: well i mean <clears throat> uh i wouldn't Interview someone who shot up a school. Mm, okay. You know what I'm saying? Someone who shot kids? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah. Like I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put this person on, on, on a on a platform and so forth. But, you know, the mafia guys most time most people they shoot are other mafia guys. You know, what I mean, um, you know, I interviewed the guy who, you know, one of the two guys who killed Jordan's dad, Michael Jordan's father. Really? Yeah. Is there ever a time he's, where you're he's like still in prison? But but I feel like in that case it was like it's such a historically important story Mm. that I I, you know and and I just wanted to see what really happened. And and you found out what happened. Really, it was just a couple of broke ass kids who lived in trailer homes. And, you know, the dad had a really nice new Lexus and he pulled out the side of the road to take a nap, not knowing that down the street was this like motel that was like the drug, the drug spot. You know what I mean? With a lot of the crimes and prostitution were happening and these guys were there and they saw the car and they went to go rob the car and end up shooting the dude dead, not knowing that it was Jordan's father. And You know what I'm saying? And, really, and that's how yeah, it happened? That's how it happened, yeah. It wasn't because it was gambling Damn. or like a hit or on his dad or nothing else like that, that, that. That's what happened. Wow. And they're both still in prison. You know, this happened in like, whatever, the 90s. Um, you know, so so it's, man, it's, it's sort of a fine line with, with, with the shit. You know, because I have interviewed a lot of people that have killed a lot, you know, a lot of people. Sammy the Bull killed 19 people that he admitted to. Holy shit, um, 19's a lot. But these were all like, you know, other mafia guys. I mean, at one point he killed his brother-in-law, his wife's brother, you know. He didn't want to talk about that part though. That, that, that's where he said ahead of the interview, I don't want to talk about that. Mm. I'm like, okay, cool. Wow. We'll skip that part we got 18 other murders we could talk about. Like. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> it sounds crazy, that We'd be like, <laughs> hey...